because for every ministry headache you have, there's a conversation you need to have. There's something you need to rework in your office time and space. And then finally, there's something about yourself that you need to learn or grow in in order to achieve that. If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the pews, we're here to help. I'm Tai Hua here with my co-host, John Kahns, and we're providing leadership development for Catholic ministry professionals like you. Today, we're moving on to the second pillar of the Catholic ministry professionals framework. First, it was better conversations. Second, better work. Third, better you. In the coming weeks, we'll cover a bunch of topics to help us all become better workers in the vineyard of the Lord. We'll be talking about how to make your office space and time work for you. How to optimize your teams, meetings, communication tools, and budget for building the kingdom. Today, we're discussing the impact that your office space has on your ministry. Hey, John. Ty, it's good to be back in the seat with you. Yeah, this is, it feels like we're getting a a move along things, you know, like we're we're doing something and it's... It's lifting off the ground, so it feels good. Are, are all of our listeners are they're starting to tune in week to week? I can see all the analytics in the background, and it's kind of fun to see we act we have real people <laughs> that listen to us every week. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, and I I I do get feedback. I don't know if you get feedback from any you know friends or people that that you know that work in the church that have listened, but um, I do have people coming up to me and saying, "Hey, some of the things you're sharing have been have been impactful, and they've really put." voice to some of the themes that the Lord has been calling me to in my life. So uh, we hope it's a good work for you, all of our faithful listeners, but we're having a lot of fun getting together and talking about the things of the church. Can I just add one thing? Sure. I want to, I heard it on a different podcast where they said, pay the fee. And the fee was like, share, subscribe, you know, just share it with one other person. So would it be sacrilegious just to say, pay your tithe, like <laughs> send it to one person or 10 people. If you got a hundred friends, send it, send it to 10 of them. They do say one of those most important things is that call to action, right? And, and we really do hope that as you listen to this, especially if it's if something stands out to you, there's an episode that really hits a, maybe kind of the, a core theme that you've been talking about with your friends in ministry. If, we, if we're talking about something that falls into those lines, go ahead and send it to them, and hopefully we can all build this conversation that we're having together and become better workers in the vineyard that glorifies the God who has called us into this ministry. So good. So I'll kick it off with a little story time. This may not sound at first like it ties in, um, but a little story time. Not so long ago, my wife was, well... We had a doctor's appointment for my child. Usually my wife drives her own vehicle. I have my own. I do a lot of the coordination with driving the kids to daycare and whatnot. So we don't spend a lot of the a lot of our time in the same vehicle. But she's been on maternity leave. So we actually had to go to an appointment together. And as we got into the truck, she opens the door and she immediately sees my truck's a little messy. Now keep in mind I've got kids there. Uh, but 
it's mainly my mess. <laughs> I've got like fast food wrapper wrappers from the last tra- trip that I took. Um, I've got my workout shoes sitting on the seat. There's a couple empty water bottles. You know, some of the kids clothes even because we did have uh, one of our children had an accident at daycare and I hadn't brought it in yet. And she she just she climbed in and she looked at me and she goes. John, I don't feel welcome in your truck. And it was at that moment that I knew I had failed <laughs> because at any point in time, I could have taken better care of my space and she would have climbed in and felt like that place was prepared for her before she even opened the door. Tisk tisk. <laughs> I know, shame on me. A truck guy should know better. <laughs> but this, this is exactly what we're going to talk about. A lot of people might think, what does the way that I keep my office, what order I keep my office in, what, what does that possibly have to do with the ministry that I offer? And I would, I would say it has pretty much everything to do with it. As we step into the second pillar, it's all about the systems, it's the processes, it's the way you work, right? And we're going to say again and again and again how important it is that you clean your corner so that those things can become the most efficient vehicles for building the kingdom of God as possible. And as we just talked about, a messy space, right? A, me- a messy space, something that's unkempt, feels very unintentional. It feels a little bit lazy, and it definitely doesn't feel welcoming for the person who's coming in, right? And so I want to really encourage us as we step into this next section, just to be open to it, to really consider and to look around. So there's a verse I came across that I think really puts this into perspective. It's kind of what in, in a sense that scripture is saying about this idea. And it's from Proverbs chapter 24, verses 30 through 31. And it says, I passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man without sense. And behold, it was overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles and its stone wall was broken down. And to me, what this verse is saying is that if we do not steward our places, our spaces, our things, and we allow them to go to pot, right? The ground is covered with nettles. The stone wall is broken, right? It's overgrown with thorns, right? If we do that, if we allow that to happen, we are a sluggard, right? The vineyard of a man without sense, it even says. So this whole idea that our places, our spaces, they have to make sense. And we have to be intentional about cultivating them in a way that allows us then to respond more intentionally to what God is calling us to do, right? And so messy places, messy spaces, again, it's not the end of the world, but I've been deeply convicted of this. I've seen the fruit of this in my life as well. Um, My first administrative overlord, that is not the word I'm looking for. That is not the word. You are not an (laughs) overlord. No, I'm not an overlord. (laughs) My first direct report, right? The person that I reported to. Um, My My first direct direct report in ministry was just, she's a staunch old nun, wonderful person. uh, Sister Catherine, love you. But she said to me one time, she noticed my desk was getting a little overgrown with thorns. It was getting covered with nettles, right? My stone wall was breaking. I know. She didn't say exactly that. But she just looked at me and she goes, you know, John, a good, a good administrator should never have a loose leaf of paper on their desk. And she took me into her office and showed me how organized. And she's like, John, I literally have folders that have one piece of paper in them so that it's organized. It's got its own place. And I look like I know what I'm doing. 
<laughs> and it struck mm. me to the core. And it, it is something that is, it is important though, and it does make a difference. And I'll say I've brought that with me as I've gone. And I, you know, I'm not necessarily on that same level. There may or be, may or may not be one or two loose leaves of paper. But what happens when you do use that time in that space, when you do cultivate it and use it for what it's intended, what it needs to be in order to do the work that God has called you to, it has a profound effect on the ministry that you do. And so I wanted to, I want us just to consider what we've been talking about. We've been discussing how to discover God's will for your ministry, how to share that with others, and then finally how to do the things that we need to do to implement that mission. Right? And what we want people to do is to see that and be, be just to come alive with excitement over what God is doing in their parish. Isaiah 43 verse 19. And the prophet Isaiah says, I am about to do a new thing. He's speaking what the Lord is saying. The Lord says, I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I am about to do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? We want to let people perceive that the Lord is doing a new thing here, and we're willing to be those vehicles for them. So there are really practical ways that this takes place. I, I've at pretty much every time that I've taken over a new ministry position, I've cleared out the stuff that was there. Um, and there's a few reasons for this, but one of them mainly is that I need to meet with people. I need to be able to have conversations. And I get really frustrated when I have to book the same conference room that everyone else is doing. So my thought has always been, I need to be able to meet with people in my office. I don't want them to show up, see my nettles all over the place. I want them to come in and be like, yeah, they were ready for me. They welcomed me in. It's a warm place. I don't even mind being here. I kind of enjoy it even a little bit. And so I've always gone in and I'm like, one position I went into, there were three huge bulky desks for just me <laughs> from like the 1960s, you know, those big metal frame mm-hmm. desks. Oh yeah. And one of, them, one of them even had the cubicle surround on it. And then there was another little little desk. So you got these these three desks in there in a 12 by 12 room <laughs> and a bookcase and a giant filing cabinet and piles of all the resources that were left from the previous people, uh, all of these things. But what I needed to do was to clear it out. And so as soon as I did that, though, people started to notice they're trying to do a new thing. They started to perceive and the other beautiful thing that happened is that this change is, is it's infectious. As soon as people see like, wow, John's able to get some serious stuff done. Wow, look, look, there's something new happening here. There's something beautiful happening here, even like healthy, like it breathes life into people. And it gives them permission to begin responding to what, what God is trying to do in their room. So in this particular one, I changed my office. Then the finance director wanted to change her office. So she's like, oh, yeah, let's let's do that. And I said, hey, I'd be happy to help you. Let's let's make this work the way it needs to. Because she also has a lot of confidential conversations with people relating to finances and needs a place to meet with them. Well, let's clear your office out. Let's give you a space. Our front office lady, our, our admin assistant, she then wanted to do it. Right. And then we then it spitballed from there. And eventually we brought on another person to the staff. We thought, well, our conference room, we don't need this big you know, we literally had like a 14-foot table in our conference room for a staff of five. <laughs> Just unnecessary. So then we pitched that conference table and we changed that into an office. And it just started this whole role as a, as a parish team to be able to talk together and to be able to work on that space and say, what do we need this to be to be able to evangelize, to transform our parish for people? I literally have the same story when I first took over as team lead going into management. And I was part of an inside sales team 
meaning we sat at our desk and we made a ton of calls. And so they thought that they would put up these partitions between every desk to essentially help with the sound. It did not work. It was still loud as ever. If everybody got on the phone, you'd be crouched over like under your desk, covering one ear while holding your headset just to, to make sure that, you know, what you were conveying on the phone got across to the, the buyer. Well, the first thing I did was I was intentional with my workspace. I said, this, this isn't conducive of anything. You know, I'm going to hear any conversation in the room anyways. So I'm going to rip off the top part of my partition. My manager at the time says, well, what are you doing? That's, that's supposed to help sound. And I go, you and I both know it's not doing diddly. So I'm going to go ahead and rip it off. If you have an issue with it, uh, you know, we can definitely take it to, to HR. But for me, I need to see, you know, people on the phone. I, I, I don't like being stuffed in a box. So when I did it, my manager did it. And when he did it, everybody else ended up doing it as well. And it, it was almost like we doubled the size of the room because we could see outside of our little cubicle. So it definitely changed our mindset of, okay, we aren't just doing the same things over and over. We're intentional about where we're going and how we're going to get there. So it was just, it was just an overall for the environment of the office. And then also the culture, because it wasn't get your, get back to your desk, get back in your box and start making dials, right? You could look at people as you're making dials, waiting for somebody to pick it up, pick up the phone as, as it's ringing. And you can, you know, just kind of have that human connection versus just you're, you're off on an Island by yourself. Mm -hmm. And the value too of not just, Hey, look, Ty's doing something, but then you say, this is why I'm doing this. It makes it me more productive. It makes me more efficient. It allows me to connect with you better. And when people hear that, it, it, it they responded to it because mm -hmm. it, it vo gave voice to what was already going on in their, I'm going to say hearts and minds, it's just their desire to be excellent at what they do. And that's that's exactly what we're talking about here. When you begin to make change that follows the will of God, it's exactly what the prophet Isaiah says. They see that there is a new thing here and they perceive it and they desire to be a part of that new thing. And it gives them permission to make that change as well, because we can get really stuck in just the day to day stuff. And a lot of a lot of you listening, you have you wear a bunch of different hats. And so it's just enough to try and make it through the next season to try and make it through the next class. Right. We're setting up for the next week. What we're going to talk about here is being very intentional about looking forward so that you can build in opportunities, you can build in times to make these changes. Um, so as we do this, we're going to focus just on a couple key elements because you, you could go any direction with saying, hey, you need to kind of clean your corner, make your space work for you. I mean, that the ways that that could work out are as varied and numerous as those who work in ministry because everybody needs it probably a little bit differently because no two parishes are exact mirrors of each other. But I want to simplify it down just to two main areas. You want to declutter it. You want to declutter it so you don't have so much going on in front of you that your brain keeps darting between things and you can't focus on one and get it done. Second is just making the space work for you. There might be too much stuff in your office. You might need to just throw some things away. Um, and I would say too, there, there's other times where I've seen this done well. 
right? You want your space to work for you. And I was in a position where I showed up and I realized I, I had always thought that when it was time for religious ed, that you as the DRE had to bring all this stuff out and set up all the rooms for the catechists. This parish had done a really good job of training their catechists. When you show up, you grab your box and you go. And they had it organized real neat so they could just show up and do it. And I, and I realized that saved me probably 45 minutes of prep work every single week when I was trying to get ready for these classes that the catechists came in and would be able to do it themselves instead of me having to go to every individual room. And that was a game changer for me. And that really got my wheels rolling. What else can I get set up so that I'm not running around doing all of it myself? And so that's what I mean when I say it should work for you. Can I add one thing? Yep. One thing that we have to be super intentional about is our inbox, our emails. We have to be able to control our emails because we have some people that utilize their email as an excuse as to why they're not taking care of stuff like their email. They'll reread an email. They'll go through like, oh, I, oh, I forgot to email Ethel back or I forgot to you know, do this for father. I forgot to do this or that. It's like, no, we have to be super intentional about how we organize even our inboxes. So digitally, we have to set up how we organize our emails, um, even creating folders, you know, like sister Catherine, she probably laughed at me because I've got a folder for everything. I've got rules set up to where if you're going to email me, if it has anything in the subject line of, um, you know, this ministry or, or another ministry, it automatically goes into that folder. Like I don't have to physically click and move it over. It, it just does it automatically. And I think scheduling time to check your email and making sure your team is aware that, hey, if I send an email at, you know, 3.30, I'm probably not going to get a response because Ty doesn't check his emails until after, you know, 4.30 or whatever time it is. Um, your team just is already expecting not to get a response immediately. So just being very intentional about just even your email or anything digital. And I think we could spend an entire episode on productivity hacks because I, ne I nerd out about that stuff. Yeah, I, I love finding something that can automate these more menial, simple tasks such as just moving things around in my inbox so that I don't have to spend the time to do that. And I would even say, dear listeners, if that's something you're interested in learning, like give us a shout. We can, we can cover some of those things. We can share. I mean, I would just say you can Google it and you'll find ways to boost your productivity to get more done in less time to simplify some of those tasks. And if you're interested, would you, dear listener, ever be one who would want to go to a conference where that's what we do for our Catholic ministry professionals, where we have time to actually look at the ways we can work better, the way we can streamline processes, and at the same time we'll look at maybe make sort of a retreat out of it as well as a conference. So if that's something you're interested in, we would be interested in hosting something like that. So let us know if, if we should maybe work a little harder towards something like that. And with that, let's head into the devil's advocate. I don't know if you're going to use that or not, but I think we definitely <laughs> need to have some, some cue music going into that. Um, devil's advocate. I think looking from an outside perspective, you know, when, when people see you moving things, removing things or throwing things away, 
um, they'll say, well, so-and-so from 45 years ago donated that. You can't throw that away. You know, th- they painted that, um, you know, for this specific event that nobody even remembers anymore. How could you throw that away? You know, or, well, you moved it from this closet to that closet. And we just don't keep, that's not where we used to keep it. John, what, what say you? <laughs> I get, I have gotten a lot of this because I, I'm a throwaway person when I come into a new ministry, when I come into a new position. Um, I understand there's, there's bigger items, right? The, the statues, beautiful paintings, things like that. Um, I don't typically throw those away. What I would say, um, if it's something along those lines, we can see it. Now, half the time when somebody says that, the person who donated has passed away. And the only people who know about it are the people who are still there who just knew that person from back when. My whole thing is, if, if they're still alive, this, this no longer serves the need. Like, we don't, have, we don't have a need for it here. So we can ask them if they would like it back so that they can give it to a different ministry or a different church, donate it somewhere else. Maybe they want it in their house. And if they don't want it back, then it goes to the next thing where we might donate it to someone else. And I don't even, I don't go too far into those conversations. I just, I just let them know that they can either have it back or we will find another place for it for them. And I I think that's just very direct. It is, you got to say the difficult things with love, right? That's one of those crucial conversations. Just say it with love. Um, That's not where we used to keep it. That's what we do. Well, guess what? It is now, (laughs) you know, again, always remember that you want to, every time you have these opportunities for crucial conversations or some of these kind of worked up conversations, it's an opportunity to evangelize. We are about to do a new thing. And can you just feel it? Like moving these things allows us to do this. We are doing a new thing. Just like soak it with the goodness that God is trying to do there. Like those are opportunities to bring God into the conversation. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I think just not being afraid to have that conversation and also how you react to that conversation, right? reacting with love and not you again like why do you keep showing up and questioning everything i do <laughs> it's it's having that conversation where you're you know you're trying to fill it with love um i don't do this particularly well for me it's like <laughs> would you just shut up and get away from me i'm trying to do a new thing here <laughs> nobody wants to see a grown man cry ethel <laughs> All right, so let's let's move into some actional steps here. And I want to throw out another proverb, Proverbs 24, 27, on the other side of having your nettles strewn about everywhere, looking like a sluggard, right? Somebody out of their mind. Proverbs 24, 27 says, prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for you in the field. And after that, build your house. Make a plan. That's what this actionable step is. So, I want to give you permission to dream about what your space should be. Like, go for the moon. Maybe you need to have meetings in there. Maybe you need a whiteboard. Maybe you need to be able to do your own podcast. Maybe that's what your gift is. Whatever it might be, dream big and think about what your space should be if your ministry was able to just be lit on fire and truly follow what God is calling you to do. Dream big. And then as you're doing that, you're going to start a working document. And you're going to break that document into three sections. So you just do two vertical lines, three sections. On the far right, 
you're going to label that section ideal. This is the ideal way this room, this space would be set up so that I could work and follow what God is calling me to do. That's the right-hand side. Write down the ideal. On the left-hand side, you're going to write down what the reality is. This is what I'm currently working with. So on that right-hand side, maybe it's, I love graphic design. I could do so many awesome, beautiful, like little books, for, booklets for our parish, but I need like the Cadillac printer. That's the ideal, but I don't have one of those. So the reality is I have my little Canon 360 that only prints one-sided black and white. So in between that then is the steps you need to take. All right, so yes, you need a new printer, but there's a hundred other things underneath that, right? Because for every ministry headache you have, there's a conversation you need to have. There's something you need to rework in your office time and space. And then finally, there's something about yourself that you need to learn or grow in in order to achieve that, right? Those, those three pillars. That's how this all lines up. So as you're looking at this sheet, you've got your ideal, you've got your reality, and you need the steps in between that allow you to do that. Those three steps are this framework. So think about the conversations you need to have. Father, we, I think I need a printer in order to do my job better, right? Start having that conversation. Say, you got to start thinking about what you need to do in your office. Well, you need a physical printer. How much does that cost? Okay, what do I need to do to make that happen? What kind of people can I talk to? Can we rework the budget, right? Real practical things in the way you work. And then the last one, do you need to learn something? Do you actually need to learn how to negotiate <laughs> so you can negotiate with father so that you can get that printer, so that you can negotiate with the printer company to hopefully get a deal on it? Whatever it might be, there's something you need to learn in order to do that. That's your middle section, those actual steps. And by the time you're done with this, you're going to have identified four, five, 10, 15 things that you can practically do in order to get you from the reality of the way that you're working towards the reality that you, you know, that ideal reality that you can hopefully live in, that you can build towards. So you've got your whole list now of your to-do. Schedule it. Start thinking ahead. We always get so busy in the turnaround and then we get to summer and we're just like, oh, I can breathe finally, but we don't do the change that we need to do. And so think ahead about those times where you can begin really working on these things. Start putting them on your calendar, right? This creates that time to plan ahead, to begin psyching yourself up for some of those crucial conversations you'll need to have. It gives you time if you need to hopefully talk with your finance people and maybe you can budget for it. Right. And, and, and just don't be afraid to ask. Right. So this this is what you need to do. Like write down your work in the ideal. Write down the reality. Identify the steps in between. And that's pretty much it. Then schedule those steps. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Ministry Professionals podcast. If you found today's show helpful, hit subscribe. And then immediately, as Tay was saying, Text it to your pastor, text it to a friend in ministry, because guys, we want your feedback. Let us know what questions our content raises for you, and if you have questions, if you have thoughts, if you just want to tell us how you feel, go to catholicministryprofessionals.com and click on send a message. Those messages come directly to our email, and they help us to refine the content. They help us to better serve you. Thanks, John. We appreciate everybody, and... We'll see you in the vineyard. Whee!